0: All right. Well, we are thankful that you have chosen to join us and we appreciate that you've downloaded our podcast and we're very thankful that uh, you are with us and we pray that something that could be said, uh, especially the truth of God's word, could be beneficial and helpful to you in your walk with the Lord. And we're just excited to continue uh, what we've been studying in Philippians. I don't have a lot tonight, but I do want to share with you what God's put on my heart in a few verses of uh, philippians and uh, we want to continue this is our third uh, message or our third thought from philippians and we're going to look in philippians 1 and we'll look in verse uh, verse number 15 through verse number 19 and uh, the bible says some indeed preach christ even of envy and strife and some also of goodwill the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, but the other of love, knowing that knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice." Now, I want to think about this really quickly tonight, and I want to look at uh, the the, the thought provoking teaching that that Paul is bringing out in in our minds here. There were certainly some emboldened people in this day, and we see there in verse number fourteen that he said that in many of the brethren of the Lord waxing confident by my bonds, which are much bold, much more bold to speak the word without fear, and so he identifies that there are certainly some folks that are more uh, emboldened by him uh, after he had shared his testimony, that his testimony had reached into the lives of many people and brought them to a point in their in their walk where they recognized and realized that they needed to speak the truth, that they needed to share the truth. And so this takes us to, I think, back to the point in time in my life when I had started... Um, I guess kind of straightening my life up is what you would say and started trying to serve the Lord again and live for God again. And I really, I really think about this a lot. And uh, as I was thinking about this, my first thought is, is there's a lot of preaching from the wrong spirit. And Paul talks about that. And he says there very clearly that um, some indeed preach Christ of envy and strife preaching. That is not, I is not pointing people to the Lord. That is not trying to get people To come to the cross of Calvary that's not trying to uh, help be an avenue for the Holy Spirit to convict people to be saved. Preaching that doesn't have that goal, that doesn't have that purpose is not uh, preaching that's godly. Any kind of alternative agenda that we bring out when we get behind a pulpit to preach the word of God. If we're out in the world and we're trying to push people or we're trying to talk to people about the Lord if we are not truly concerned for their souls but if we're looking for some way or some uh, uh, benefit for us in our whatever it may be with our church or with our group or whoever it is if it benefits us individually somehow if that is our goal and that is our purpose for uh, our ministry that's wrong we need to make sure that our purpose for calling on people for visiting people for praying for people that that uh, our purpose for preaching and singing is not to uplift ourselves or not to cause contention or issues but it is rather to call uh, upon the lord in on behalf of the of his children that have not yet accepted him as his as their savior and it is important that we realize that our purpose upon this earth is to worship the lord and evangelize the world that we are walking in and around it is important that we remember that we are reaching people that are being, uh, literally being beat over the head by the world. The world is attacking them. The world is fighting them. The world is, is, is destroying their homes and their lives. They, have, they don't need to come to church and hear envy and hear strife and hear contention from the pulpit. They don't need to hear that. And Paul is identifying and calling out the people that did those things, that preached in that manner, that preached in that way. Paul is literally calling out these people that are doing this. Unfortunately, there are some people that preach envy and strife. And I got to thinking about that, and I got to think, trying to find a specific example in my life where I found that to be true. And I got to thinking back to, uh, my, my early days, um, in ministry when I first started teaching, uh, not our not a Sunday school class, but actually like our, our youth class that we had on Wednesday nights, um, in, uh, in, at our church. And I was unfortunately, uh, very boldened, uh, or very emboldened and empowered, um, by the witness of others. Like what Paul was saying here is that his, you know, his, his bonds uh, made people confident and made them bold to speak. And it's good to be bold and it's good to uh, speak truth, but you've got to make sure that you're doing it from the right spirit. And for me, here I was, and my wife will still tell this story because um, it, it was an embarrassing time in, in, in my life, and she, she resented me for it, um, but uh, we were having a Wednesday night uh, class with the youth. And you got to understand that I was I was recovering from so much in my life and I was had faced so many things at such a young age that uh, I had been kind of uh, what, what many would call or many would say gung ho about my uh, my attitude towards uh, reaching people or talking to people. And I had just, I'd gotten so bold, I thought about things and I'll just tell it like it is. And if nobody likes it, then I'll just go home and I'll preach to the, uh, to a post and, and we'll be all right. But I just got to the, in this attitude, in this spirit that was, uh, it, it went beyond boldness, um, almost in an angry, uh, contentious spirit. And I, I taught one night on a Wednesday night. And, and you could ask my wife and she'd tell you as clear as, uh, as it, she remembers yesterday. It's funny how uh, our wives remember those things like that. But uh, she she was so frustrated with me and the spirit that I taught with. And in my mind, I was just being bold. I was teaching against drugs and sex and rock and roll. And I was just uh, just letting everybody have it and telling them what, the way it was. But it didn't come across that way to her. And, uh, and I joke with her and I kid with her about how her heart wasn't right at that time. But the fact of the matter is that my heart wasn't right. I wasn't teaching from a spirit of love and compassion. I was teaching from a spirit of anger and contention. And so he says that um, some people, they preach that way. They teach that way. That's their spirit. That's the way they are and uh i i'd I'd done that before and i and i remember doing it one time and i went home and i felt like i was about an inch tall and i spent a good uh at least a good week or so just getting beat up by um, beating myself up getting beat up by the devil about the way i was and and then eventually got you know Uh, very much a spiritual uh, spanking from the Lord and got very deep, very sad, very down uh, because I realized that I had taken a platform such as as the pulpit and used it in a negative way. And God convicted me about that. And so Paul is identifying that. And I think that, that a man that's called by the Lord will only be able to do that so much I think that God will convict a, a man that he's called into his ministry. I think God will convict him and show him his wrongdoing in his contentious preaching. So he says that, that some uh, preach envy and strife and some also of goodwill. And so that, I think that you know, there are people out there that in, intentionally preach, try to cause strife and are, are envious and angry and jealous and contentious about things. And there are some out there that preach good out of goodwill, out of truth, out of honesty, and preach of the Spirit. And that's who I want to be. I want to endeavor to be more of that person. I want people to look at me and say, man, you know what? He just preaches truth. I want to be a good example of what uh, what a biblical preacher should be, and that's somebody who is bold and emboldened and empowered by the Spirit rather than himself. I don't want to look at somebody else and just because they preach loud or they scream or shout or run or slide or don't preach loud or whatever it is I don't want to look at them and be emboldened by that but I want I want to use them as an example in my life and I want to grow because of their witness and their testimony but I need my relationship with the Lord to be be close uh, to my heart I need it to be important I need to be it to be at the forefront of my mind I need to focus on upon that relationship. And that's how I can get to the point where I can take the strife, I can take the envy, I can take the contention, and I can cast it away, and I can preach out of a good will the Word of God. And it says, then it goes on and says, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Preaching contention is causing issues and pushing issues, but it is choosing one side and dividing a group and and supporting one side or s- spreading rumors and lies between both sides or s- pushing one side and putting down the other. Whatever that may look like, that is not a godly thing to do. Preaching from the wrong spirit is so dangerous. I'll tell you why. First, it's so dangerous preaching from an envious, spiteful, strife, or a contentious spirit, is dangerous because it creates cookie-cutter people that think the same way that you do. If you preach out of the wrong spirit, if you teach your children out of the wrong spirit, if anything you do out of a wrong spirit, there are people watching you, and they're going to pick up on that, and they're going to act like that because they think it's okay just because they've seen you do it. You are actually empowering people to, to be spiteful, to be envious to cause strife and contention by the by doing it yourself cuz you are an example to someone so it creates cookie cutter people that think the same way that you do next it divides god's the lord's bride it divides his church why in the world if you can't tell me that there where where I live in west north carolina in the mountains of North Carolina, in the Bible Belt. You can't tell me that all these churches that are all the way around here, up and down the roads, the church that our church is on, there's five churches up the road. You can't tell me that they all split and all became, you know, 20 different churches in one community just because uh, of a need to fill up all the churches or there wasn't enough room at one church. Or somebody didn't want to drive that far to get, no, you can't tell me that. There was contention, there was envy, there was strife down the road somewhere at different places that created the need for somebody to go down the road and start a new church. What it does, preaching from envy and strife and contention, it actually divides the bride and it creates these, this branch off of the church. And you've got two churches now where we would have been stronger together as one. Now you got two. Well, this one goes and breaks off. Now you got 4. Now you got 6. Now you got 10. And it diminishes and breaks down the body of Christ because of strife, envy, and contention. It's not healthy to the church. But it's not healthy finally to lost people. People that need to hear the truth, people that need to hear the word word, people that are starving for knowledge of the Lord they are actually broken down. I can't tell you how many people I know that have no desire to go to church, they quit going to church, or they're useless if they do go to church because of somebody that preached or taught or done something out of, a, out of an ungodly spirit of envy and strife. When people are gathered together in a spiritual way, it makes them more sensitive. It makes them more vulnerable. There's nothing quite as difficult as church hurt. Because you let your guard down. You think, this is my family. These are people that love me. These are people that care about me. And if you preach and teach and act to people out of a wrong spirit, it's no wonder why they don't want any part to do with it. So preaching from the wrong spirit, it breaks down God's design, his plan, for his house, for his church, for his children. And it says, and this is probably the most devastating part of verse 16, He said, the one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely. It means that he got up there behind that pulpit for something other than to be used by the Spirit of the Lord. And that's a shame. Friend of mine asked me why. Asked me why this preacher he was talking to, he was he was really bowing it was somebody he was kind of looking up to, talking to. And he was really just this guy was bowing down to certain things in our society that he shouldn't. And he asked me, he said, Why would why would he do that? And not knowing the situation completely, I may may have stepped a little farther than I should have, but I said most likely it's because of an issue that we see in churches everywhere. The pulpit has been monopolized by churches, by pastors, deacons, you name it. The church has in some ways become more about money than it is about seeing lost people get saved. The church has now found an identity where we've got to be relevant to everything. We've got to meet all these standards. You've got a pastor to be able to stay in power, keep his paycheck coming. He has to create factions. He's got to cause strife and contention. And He's got to side with the people that tithe the most and support them so that they don't get mad and leave and he loses his job. Unfortunately, the world we live in, so that people are not called out, because people are not, so people don't shame pastors. They fall into whatever this world says they should, to be relevant to a young generation, to be relevant to what society's saying. The church was established as a haven from society, from the world as a place for us to gather together until the Lord comes back. But we've spent too much try- time trying to make the world applicable to the church. And that's a shame. And then you've got too many pastors, too many leaders that have a good church that they're sitting in at that moment, that God's blessed them with, that God's given them growth from, that God's God's helping them and God's saving people. And you see th- good things happening. And they, unfortunately, are envious of their brother down the road. Oh, well, the building's newer. It seats more people. They've got a better choir. They've got a better band. They've got a better this. They've got a better that. If our intentions are not upon things above, we will preach from a spirit that does not reflect truth from God's word. We've got to be careful in the spirit we preach we're all called to be ministers to the world. The way we treat people and the spirit in which we do it is vital. I just mentioned on Sunday about somebody tithing. I'd rather somebody give 50 cents and it be all they have to the church and do it out of a spirit of love and godliness and somebody give every dime they have just to be seen for what they do. The spirit in which we do things is vital. And we're in a world, we're coming up on a time, I believe, where people are going to be looking to the Christian people more and more. We've got to make sure though that our intentions are pure and godly. He says in verse 17, But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel, What then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Paul wanted those to know that were preaching, that preaching sometimes out of themselves, out of their own understanding, those that preached out of goodwill and godliness, and that he did rejoice in the preaching of the Spirit, the preaching of the Lord, that he did rejoice in those things. And those out there that are continuing in true fashion to the Scriptures, we all, every once in a while, get in our envy, get in our strife, get in our contention. We all do it. But I pray that we would challenge ourselves to be preachers of goodwill, We're flesh and we'll sin and we'll do wrong and we'll say things wrong and mess stuff up. But I pray that we will preach of goodwill to a world that is lost and dying and going to hell. Thank you for your time. I want to pray. And we'll be done. Thank you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this time. Lord, we pray for all these people that would listen to this podcast. And we pray, Lord, that you just bless them. I pray, God, that we would do things from a holy and godly spirit. I pray, God, that we wouldn't find contention and envy and strife in our spirit in the way we approach things. I pray, God, that we would look at your son Jesus as an example. He was bold in the way that he spoke the truth. God, he was didn't didn't care to offend people, but he did it out of a spirit of perfection. Lord, while I know we can't reach that perfection, God, we can do everything we can to try to be that way. And if we will, things will come across right. I pray, God, that we would worry more about not what people think of us, but what people think of you. And we realize, God, that everything we say and do is a direct reflection of you and your son, Jesus. Pray, God, that we'd be challenged and changed to be the best examples we could ever be. Lord, we love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.